Hey guys, welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name is Christina and I am your host. I'm a holistic health coach in Los Angeles. I am the creator of the blog Addicted to Lovely and I am also the host of another podcast, Straight Up Paleo. So if you haven't checked any of those places out, you should definitely check them out. If you want more of me, you can find me at addictedtolovely.com on Instagram and Addicted to Lovely with underscores in between those words because someone stole it without underscores. I digress and on my other podcast. But since you're here, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Glad to have you back. If you are a returner and if you're new, happy to have you. If you're not already a member of the Actually Adultish Facebook group, which is Actually Adultish Podcast Nation, definitely join. would love to have you on. It's a great place. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you totally should. It's free. Leave a rating and review on iTunes if you haven't already as well, because that helps me out a lot. I love to spread the word about the podcast. So today we have a very special guest and her name is Kate Van Horn. She is a returner. She has been on this podcast a few times. So if you haven't already heard her, then go listen to our previous episodes. We've talked about mental health. We've talked about general health and wellness, lots of different topics. And Kate is one of my very best friends. She is like a sister to me. I love her dearly. She is a creator of killinit.com and one of the co-founders of the Good Fest, which is an amazing wellness festival that everybody should attend. It will be in Los Angeles in February. She's a total badass entrepreneur and I love her. And we have a lot of things to cover in this episode. We talk about mental health. We talk about eating disorders. We talk about feeling just overstimulated with technology and what social media has done to us and all of the things, lots of things. So I hope you guys like this, but before I get into the actual interview, well, it's not really an interview. It's more of just like a conversation between us. But anyways, a lot of you guys ask how you can support the show. And there are a few ways you can do your Amazon shopping through the link on our website, actuallyadultish.com. It's also in the show notes. Basically, just a part of the money that you spend will go towards supporting the show and the production costs, and it doesn't cost you any more to do that. You just do your regular Amazon shopping and you don't even notice. And also, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash actuallyadultish, and you can pledge any amount of money you want each month to support the show. It can be a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, every little bit counts, And that also supports the show and allows me to continue to put out free content each week for you guys. So those are some fun ways you can support the show. And another way that you can support the show and get a discount for something really amazing is by checking out my friend Amy's new online course, which I've talked about before, Digital Nomad Nutritionist. I've taken it and it's also very relevant, again, for this for this episode because Kate is also an entrepreneur and she's in the wellness space and has her own business. But basically, if you are an NTP, a health coach, a nutritionist, or you just love wellness and you want to make that passion a full-time business and you want that to be your full-time thing, fully support yourself, and you don't really know where to start, this course is incredible. It's an online course, completely self-paced, And Amy teaches you everything that you need to know 
in order to do just that and make your nutrition business earn you consistent income so that you can quit whatever job you're doing right now that you don't really love. You can work from anywhere. You could travel while you're working. You can stop stressing about finding clients or making money. You can earn passive income, everything. So she shows you everything you need to know to make yourself stand out in this huge world of health and wellness bloggers and health and wellness websites. And she teaches you how to set up a website, how to set up an email list and grow that email list, how to come up with a blogging strategy, how to find an audience, and how to create a personal brand without a designer because that can be expensive, how to grow your social media accounts authentically, and how to collaborate with other nutritionists, lots more, lots of things. It's an incredible course and I highly recommend it. And I know a lot of people in this space are also interested in doing something similar in terms of running their own business and being their own boss. So definitely check that out. You can go to bit.ly slash digital nomad CR with a capital CR and you'll get $100 off if you use that link. And it's also the link in the show notes. So if you want $100 off the course, definitely check it out bit.ly slash digital nomad capital c capital r i cannot recommend it enough a lot of my friends have done it as well and amy really puts all the info you need to know in one place and it's great i love it so check that out that's pretty much all i have for these beginning updates and i'm just gonna go ahead and hop into this convo with kate hello kate hi christina Guys, this is our third time trying to record this, so don't mess it up, Kate. I'm the least prepared podcast guest ever. (laughs) Welcome back. You should you should be a a professional by now. This is I know. This This is is not third time. Yes. You're such a champ. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Of course. Always happy to actually this is your fourth. No way. Oh, yeah, it is, because the first one with Jess. Oh, yeah. See, you're professional. So we were talking about how Kate just got back from Expo East, with which, if you guys don't know, is the Natural Food Expo. And it's not really the Natural Food Expo because most of the brands are not natural at all. But Expo East is on the East Coast. Where, wait, where, where, what city is it in? Baltimore. Oh, okay. So it's in and Baltimore. It. And it's in Anaheim when it's Expo West, but it's crazy in Expo West and, I don't know, overrated, so. So overrated. Definitely go, like, brands go to, like, make sales with wholesalers. Like, I don't know when it really became a huge blogger thing. Like, the true purpose is for it to be much more, like, corporate and, I don't know. It got weird, I feel like, in the past year or two. Well, yeah, and that's why I feel like it's kind of silly that a lot of influencers even go because when I was at Expo West, it was, like, the companies didn't even care, like, that influencers were there. The people who are out on the floor, they don't know, they don't, they're, like, hired for the day half the time. Yeah, that or they're, like, the sales team who has, like, zero control of whether or not, like, they partner with you. Like, yeah. they they have no say in this, and they don't they don't know your handle. Like, they're not in the social media or marketing team where, like, they kind of are 
keeping people on their radar, like, mm-hmm. they don't care. Exactly. So, I don't know. Overrated. But let's just, like, hop into the discussion. Because, so basically, so the other day, Kate and I had, like, a really good phone conversation. And then afterwards, we were like, crap, we wish we had that recorded because we want everybody to hear it but alas you we did not record that so we're gonna try and i guess recreate slash continue that conversation on this podcast right now and see how it goes i hope we can be as insightful as we were last was that last weekend yeah that was last weekend we were really insightful that's a good word for it i feel like so christina called me no, she was texting me and she kind of could like sense that I just had like a lot on my mind. It was frazzled, but she can usually tell right away. And she just called me and was on her typical walk. I'm assuming you were walking. Yeah, I was walking. And like, we just kind of hashed it out. And I feel like in that moment, maybe because we both were like going through a lot of like the same things, we just like totally nailed it. But we'll do it again today. Yeah, let's try. So basically, the conversation is about mental health and how did it even start? I think it was just like in relation to not only Instagram, I mean, it is Instagram and social media, but also just like what we do for our our careers, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like how this all, I mean, for people, I recently put up a post the other day um, as part of like the wellness realness campaign we're trying to do at the good fest. Like, I'm not an expert in anything, but yet I feel like everyone watches what everybody does, and it's very difficult to decipher. You've talked about this a lot, like deciphering information and deciding what's right for you, and then you're, it's, for lack of a better word, like everything's influencing us and causing us to feel very, like, torn in a lot of different directions, I think, and, like, I, you know, you know me, I'm constantly relating it to my journey with mental illness, and um, I just feel like that's it, like an even more intensified element at that point then. Cause like you're bringing in the fact that you already maybe are looking at things with like, whether it's a depressed lens or an anxious lens, like your view of life is already difficult enough. And then we bring in like these outside sources that we didn't really have back in the day. Like I was thinking about this today. What the heck did I used to do with my time before I was like, staring at everybody's Instagram and blog, you know? Mm-hmm. We and have so much more time in the day, and we are more productive and more social, I think, and people understood themselves better. And, I mean, we were talking about that, too. We were talking about, like, can you imagine a life... I think about, like, the things I was doing when I was in middle school and high school, and, like, we were just, like, actually out and about, and there was no Instagram... I don't know, like, what would I do with all that time? And, like, would I be, would my, our lives would be completely different. You know, what would we be doing? It's weird. I don't know if we would be as stressed out or, near, like, at all. I don't think we would either. And I think about, like, that's why I'm jealous of, like, my parents. Like, I'm like, you didn't have all these outside factors pushing in. Like, you weren't thinking about all this stuff. And we we were talking about it as well in terms of, like, body image because we feel like the eating disorders are really on the rise because of social media and that's what we were talking about we're talking about you know if instagram didn't exist if facebook didn't exist would eating disorders be 
so high as they are right now? Like, would these be such an issue? Because it's, like, becoming more and more of an issue, and it's because, I mean, it's unfair to say one thing is causing it, but I just think that the social media is a huge factor because never before have we been in a place where you can see hundreds of thousands of other people right in front of you, you know? Like, in their best light, too. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, I agree with you, and I do think it's definitely a really big, you know, reason for the rise. Um, like you said, not necessarily all of it, but I also think it's, like, really bringing a whole new, like, level of eating disorder. Like, I almost think we traditionally thought of what was diagnosed as, you know, anorexia or bulimia or binge eating, like, the really dangerous side. And then orthorexia has kind of started to become more mainstream known as far as in the, like, mental health world. But mm-hmm. I think that level of eating disorder, and I hate to say level, that's the wrong word, but, like, it's just different, you know? It's, it's like we can now kind of glorify a different form of obsession and, like, it looks healthy. And then the same with the, the fitness accounts and everything else. And it's just, like, it's just changed, you know? It's no longer, like, sickness or illness and, like, seen as bad. It's almost, like, celebrated in a really, like, weird way. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, yeah, because this is the issue that, I mean, we were talking about. It's, like, almost, like, it started off as a good thing, and it's, like, I am all about awareness, you know? Yeah. But then it started turning into people were turning awareness into glorifying it, mm-hmm. and then they wanted to be part of it, and then it, the point of the awareness is to try and get to the root of it and to try and make a change, but that got lost somewhere. Instead, it was just let's talk about it, but then that's just the, like, it's just there. What's the next step? And I agree. I think vulnerability has, like, gotten, like, kind of cool. And I like that. I love vulnerability. I want to go deep with people. I want to, like, hear, you know, more than their surface-level thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that, yeah, it's, it's turned into, like, I'll share that I struggle with, you know, poor body image sometimes while I look perfect in this outfit. And, like... A million likes and a million comments and all the girls will be like, oh, my God, babe, you look amazing. Thank you so much. You're inspiring me. And I just – it's interesting. So from someone who's kind of seen like the truly ugly, not fun Instagram side of what all of this means, which I've shared in some of like the previous podcast with Christina, like really dark stories, I I won't say it offends me and I won't say I don't want people to participate in the conversation because I do. I just want – those who are struggling on maybe a deeper level to understand that like I myself and Christina and some other people understand that it, it goes beyond just what you're seeing us talk about necessarily. Yeah. And this is the thing though. I mean, going back to what you're saying about people are posting that and yeah, I love the vulnerability, but like the point that's not the end point. Like it's not just about, I see girls who basically have built this falling off of, being vulnerable and that's great and it's just every day it's like talking about their struggles with body image and you're beautiful and blah blah blah. and I'm like okay like this is still surface level to me this is still Mm -hmm. surface level because this is stemming from something so much deeper like so much deeper like what in your life is missing like why do you feel inadequate that goes so much deeper that goes how you were raised, that goes to your relationships. This is nothing to do with what you really look like. Like, like all of these, what? 
or like what's on your plate. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like those are just things we're projecting our feelings onto those things because it's easier to deal with a body image thing. You know, it's like control. The control is where these eating disorders stem from. And where does, why do we have that need for control? That's coming from something much, much deeper than just, it's not just, I have body image issues and I, I like have anorexia or bulimia or orthorexia. It's like, that is rooted in something else. There's something else deeper. Like, to me, we haven't even hit the real vulnerability yet because to me, being vulnerable is being, you know, I grew up my whole life feeling like I was never enough. Every time I put myself out there, I was put down. I feel unlovable. I feel, you know, that is the level deeper. You know, I suffered this trauma and that turned into me feeling like I need to control my life. And then, you know, and then as you get older, how do you control these you know through food for example or exercise like like we haven't even that's just that's a surface to me you know and I see this every day I mean with the people I work with like with clients like we're working through something deeper right and it's about getting people to understand that deeper level that's the roadblock because people feel I know people think that there's a roadblock to just admit it. It is hard to admit that you have a problem with, you know, your relationship with your body, with your relationship with food or with exercise. But why is that so hard? Probably because that means you're one step closer to facing the real problem, which real. is something much, much deeper. I completely agree. I think too, it's, it's interesting that it's always body image. That's the issue. Like I control my, myself through my food. I control my emotions through my food. And that means I have disordered behavior. I, mean, I don't want to say always blanketed, but nobody will come out and say like, sometimes I just binge drink cause I'm, I don't want to feel mm-hmm. like whoever comes out and says that, or, you know, I'm really verbally abusive to people who are close to me cause I've been hurt in the past. They won't say that. Cause then you look, like a bitch or you look you know kind of a little a little too crazy at that point well because those things aren't things that people are posting on social media like that's the problem it's like now it's turned an eating disorder into something that's like this i don't know it's this sexy idea because people can post about it and like you know people once again people people (laughs) with like there are people on social media who are sharing these things with really good intentions who are trying to empower other women and get them to see like you can be honest we can work through this and then it gets flooded with other women who don't have those pure intentions and just see oh this girl got a following because she did this so i'm gonna copy her and that's so messed up and it ruins it it's like it's going back to like what i was talking about danica a few episodes about with the rape thing like people who it's horrible that there are people who cry rape when it's not rape because then it means when women really are raped, people don't take them seriously. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I agree. I think it's, it's just getting really blurred. And I think that, um, people know that also the issue too is like, there's so many people who like are still within their disorder, but then are like claiming recovery, which is, it gets messy there too. And it's like, no matter which way you turn, it's just a matter of like, just be who you really are. And like, 
whatever that level of like, if you want to just say, I, I'm having a bad body image day today, that's very different than saying like, I've overcome an eating disorder, which to me, like, and I really never try to minimize anyone's experience. But like, if you haven't like gone and done some work around this, like I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't classify yourself there yet. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. say like, I I'm starting to think that I had or am still experiencing an eating disorder. I would like to like further look at this and myself and like journey down recovery. Like I just think like self-proclaimed recovery is okay and it's fine because at what point do you decide for yourself when you're like in a good state of mind like only you can truly make that decision but I don't know we've talked about this before just like throwing the word just eating disorder out so freely is like slow down a little bit you know what I mean because we all have bodies therefore we all have a way that we view and perceive our bodies therefore like body image like no matter Instagram or no Instagram boy girl like we all have thoughts about our bodies so that's very normal Um, Another thing that I want to bring up is that Katie Dalebow, and I'll send you the study so that you can put it in the show notes, um, shared this study with me, and you know about it too, about, I think, about how, like, everybody who kind of, like, works in in the place that we work, like, wellness and nutrition and stuff, like, have typically gone and overcome something. So if somebody is going to start an Instagram about food, it usually means that they've had some experience with food that's either negative or positive or has changed them in some way. If they didn't, they would have started a blog or an Instagram account about fashion or cars or whatever, travel. Like it would have been something different. So I think that's another place where it's like, okay, we're all here in this community and that's beautiful. But like, let's go beyond the thing that's like the obvious common denominator is that we're all female living in a world where body image is so important And we all really think about our food and really value our health. So yeah, to some degree, we all have some level of like experience with disordered eating, I would say. Because yeah, and well, that lends itself to the the discussion of the disordered body image, which I think it was really interesting. We were talking about this before, like, why are our body images so like, we have such a skewed perception of what is a healthy weight. And I talk about this a lot. Like, we have such a skewed perception. Everybody thinks they need to lose weight for some reason. And most people, most most of the people in our community need to gain weight. Like, 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 where did this picture of this woman, like, what is this ideal weight? Like, where did that come from? Usually what we think of as like a healthy weight, honestly, is probably underweight because you think about what a woman's body needs to look like to reproduce and be fertile and be healthy. And like women were curvier. Like, and you look at other cultures where curvier women, that is like their view of health. And like, I mean, I don't really know what happened. And we were talking about it. I love this, like the idea of, you know, I was comparing it to the story of Adam and Eve, like how they were running around naked and no one noticed you know, yeah. no one cared. And that was almost like how it was. I feel like before social media and before the internet, like everybody was just running around in their bodies and like they were going more off how they felt. And like people had different body shapes and sizes and it was, it wasn't like it is now. And then like how Adam and Eve bit the apple and then all of a sudden they noticed they were naked and were embarrassed. It was like, we bit the apple, we started social media and now everyone's looking around feeling embarrassed about their bodies. And like, like, we think that we need to be something different. And I was also thinking about this just the other day, like, 
part of the reason why I love going on my walks is because I need to go out and like see other humans because we live in a world where like I can very much go a long time without seeing other people in real life because I work from home. Um, I can get anything delivered to me. I don't have to go to the store. Yeah. And I see my clients over Skype or FaceTime and then social media is this skewed percent. Everybody on there is Photoshopped, right? Well, you know what I mean? That's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? And if I didn't go on walks, I, that would literally, those would be my only perceptions of what other women look like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so interesting you say that. Yeah, I completely agree. And as someone who works from home, I can go, you know, a day or two without really socializing as well. Um, but I think what's interesting that you brought up is that we're all unsure of like what our true weight is. And I know in our phone call, I talked about this. Mm-hmm. Of, like, I really truly believe it's the weight where you like don't have to work for it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like you're still being healthy. You're being mindful of like, you know, not eating a ton of shit and processed foods and not like whatever, but all that's fine. And that's where it does get complicated. You do always have to like look out for your physical health as well. But like I was sharing with you, I, you know, the way I am right now is what I was like before I really started having an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not, you know, drastically different than when I was really unhealthy, which is the other thing too, that people are like, well, you haven't gained like that much weight. But like, to me, I've leveled out and, and gotten myself to a place of like, where I was before any of this began. And I didn't like my body then. But like, I like my body now, understanding that this is what it's supposed to be. And this is what kind of really comes naturally. And I don't have to think about it. It just kind of like, it's my equilibrium. Absolutely. Like, if you have to work so hard to be at a certain weight, your body doesn't want to be there for a reason. Asking you know, <laughs> like, you know, and uh, it just kills me that everybody is like, I can't get that last five pounds. I can't get the last 10. And I'm like, probably because you don't have the last five pounds or last, like, this is yeah. just, but be, and, but why do people want, why do people want that? Why are people so hyper-focused on that? Why are they focused on that? It's because there's something else deeper they're trying to avoid. It's easier to focus on this weight loss goal than it is to focus on the fact that you feel neglected by your partner or that you feel like you are failing at work and like you're not smart enough, you know, like, or you feel unfulfilled. You don't have a relationship with, you know, your family. Like it's easier to focus on something like weight. That's like a, you think that I can, I can control this as a tangible goal because we are running away from something much, much deeper. Yeah. I was just going to say, we like, we like measurable goals. It's the reason why we want to reach like, you know, X, Y, Z salary rather than saying to ourselves, like, I want to, you know, feel valued at my job and feel like I'm contributing to my workplace, whether it's, you know, for yourself or for a business or someone else's company, everyone's like, well, I want to make X, Y, Z amount. Like, this is how much I need per year. This is what I'm, I'm trying to get towards. And then we get it and you reach the hundred thousand or whatever, or you reach the X, Y, Z amount of pounds that you've lost. And like, you still want more. We're also just like consumers. Like that's, that goes, that ties into social media as well. Like we want more and more and more and we want it to be instant. Like when my internet, which just happened, isn't working, I'm like pissed. Like yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? And we need that immediate kind of gratification. And like, you know, I get like, people get like pissed when they go on their newsfeed and it's like nothing's new. Like they're refreshing. They want more and more. And it's just, when is enough enough kind of mm-hmm. for all, like when do we just allow ourselves to be enough and like, 
believe that we're enough and let that kind of positive and just balanced approach like trickle into the areas of our life that are kind of becoming messy. It just, I just, it's crazy to me because I think about how much more we would all be getting done if we didn't have, you know, like I had a hard time. I remember in high school, it was like a big struggle for me, like balancing my phone and homework and stuff and get it you know and I didn't have Instagram I was just texting people when did it become that we have to like have so many trends and conversations like and I I do think this is slightly a female thing it's also like you and I are we've met a lot of people through what we do that like we've developed friendships with people who aren't necessarily vocal so we, we can only really maintain them through the phone but, like, I look at my boyfriend and his friends, and, like, they're still friends. And this goes into what we talked about, too, where, like, develop friendships where you don't have to talk all day long, you know? Yeah. Like, I watch him, like, they're not texting all day. But we're, like, oh, my God, I have to text her back. Or we start to worry about what that person's going to think of us, you know. And we're actually abandoning ourselves because we're, we're messaging. I mean, we do the same thing with direct messages from, like, our following and stuff, too. And it's... You gotta stop. In my life for too long, and they now are used to it and take it for granted. And now it's like if I don't respond immediately, I get in trouble, and I have to almost retrain people to learn like I'm not gonna respond immediately anymore. You know, and like yeah. it's really, really upsetting to me that people get so upset because I'm like, um, can we throw back to back when like the only way you could talk to somebody was when. They were home. Yeah, or like, okay, a phone call, let alone, yeah, like, remember, like, people used to have to see people in person to communicate. There used to be phones. Friends and be like, hey, is um, Mary there? Yeah. I'd be like so nervous. I'd be like, your mom answered. (laughs) I know. Oh my God, that was the worst part of answering phone calls, was asking the parent to talk to the child. Yeah, and they'd be like, no, we're eating dinner right now, and you'd feel like such an asshole. I know. I feel like a telemarketer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's respecting people's, like, boundaries and time. Like, you, like, I used to know my mom and dad taught me, like, don't go pick up the phone and call your BFF at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Like, they're sitting down and having family dinner. But now, like, the kids sit at family dinner and, like, text on their phones. Yeah. And it's just, like, we're so overstimulated in so many different directions. And, like, I have such a tough time with this, too. It's, like, I have somebody... Texting me, DMing me, I'm listening to stories, I'm watch. there's also something playing on the computer, and I'm walking around, like, there's, like, 50 different things coming in at me once, like, and I don't think we're designed for the- all of that at once, I think we're yeah. designed to be focused truly on one thing at a time, like, honestly, even, like, even, like, listening to music while you're working to me is just too much, like, for yeah. me, for my brain to handle, and so then what happens is when I'm getting all of these different things, I feel like my focus is just so gone because it's like even when no one – even I could sit here and nobody could be trying to contact me, but I'm like waiting. I'm like I know somebody's about to. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I have that anxiety yep. built up. Yeah. Like in yoga class, I think about like I'm going to have like four emails, like 10, 10 text messages like easily. And yeah. it's like – that's the first thing I, I do is I check the phone 
and it's bad. It's it's a bad habit. I don't want to say it's bad. You know, everyone that's it's getting bad for me. I can say that, and I think it is for you too. But I mean, some people have better tolerance for like phone stuff, but I think like I'm addicted. <laughs> I know we all are, but and it's what's hard is it's like now it's like you almost have to choose because now you have to do it for business. Yeah. And that's where it gets complicated too. So my advice, like for someone who like doesn't want to make this their job, who doesn't want Instagram to become a part of like their career goals, like really get off. And I don't want to say get off of it, but like really limit your time because understand that like we're on here all the time and doing all this like for beyond just connecting with our friends. Like it's more than that for us. It's a job. It's something that's kind of become our, our livelihood. So take it with a grain of salt because like you can't compare yourself when you have like a nine to five, say someone's like, I don't know, a nurse, like you have a job, this isn't your job. So you don't have to dedicate the time that we dedicate to it. And you don't have to be storing everything you do and making it a part of your brand. That's where it gets hard too. Is like, we're doing things with the purpose of building a brand. So your personal brand for your friends and your family, you shouldn't have to build on Instagram. Just go be yourself and go hang out with your friends. Yeah. That's what I, and I try and explain that to people. I'm like, I would not be on Instagram at all or social media, honestly, at all. If it wasn't part of my like Mm -hmm. job. And the second that I'm like, I mean, hopefully in a few years when I feel really like stable and you know, everything's launched and I'm just kind of trucking along. I'm, I'm out. Like I'm out a hundred percent, you know, like, you. I mean, but I don't want to, I want real life stuff. Like, if I want to talk to you, I'll call you on the phone. Like, I don't, I don't care what you eat for lunch. Like, you know, I, I, I'm just, and I, I do all this. I, I wrote this article and I wrote papers about it in college and we, I took a whole class on it in, in college. What was that class called? I don't remember. Um, I was a psych major for anyone who doesn't know, but learning about how, you know, the more social media time, I mean, people references all the time but I don't think we really stop to think about what it means more social media time correlated with more anxiety and depression the more mm-hmm. social media time correlated with increased feelings of loneliness mm-hmm. and Later. you know I, I mean I don't think people understand like people don't even make that link really mm-hmm. no they don't the, and they don't. people don't even realize that they that they have anxiety or depression I know I know it's bad. It's well, the issue is too, like we get on there and like, I mean, we're guilty of it too. And I, I've said it myself in my captions and stuff. Like I'm so grateful for this community and we keep throwing the word community around a lot, which it is, it's a community. It's an online community, but like that word I think is a very positive one, which is also good, but harmful because people are like, Oh, I feel lonely and depressed, but I'm part of this community. Mm-hmm. Like what's why, why am I feeling that way? I have all these girls that like, you know, write to me and comment and I comment on theirs and, you know, it's that, but that's not necessarily substance and that's not necessarily like what you need in order to be like, I growing up always was the person with only a couple friends, like we, like a close knit group. And that was just it. Like I didn't really talk to everybody. And now I feel like I don't talk enough to people. Like I watch other people who are like, you know, really active on there. And I'm like, I start to have shame about it. I'm like, shit, I should be telling talking more I should be responding to comments better but I just it's not me I've kind of started to accept like that is not my personality and never has been so I can't it would be ingenuine yeah I agree too and also I mean 
this is another thing that there's been research on. It's like our brains, humans, are designed to only, like, we can only have so many social relationships. Like, our brains can only handle so many. And, like, in terms of friendships, real life, like, I think the number is, like, six that you max out on, like, close friendships where it becomes too many and they're not real friendships versus, like, too few where you don't feel like you have enough of a community. But just in general, in terms of networks, like, in terms of tribes, like, something over, I think, 100 is just too many. Like, we can only handle 100 connections total, let alone, like, close friends. And think about it, like, we have way more than that. So our brands are just flooded, and that impairs your ability to be able to focus on the people who you are close to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I know I've mentioned this to you before, that sometimes I feel like I neglect the friendships I've had since, like, high school, and mm-hmm. that makes me sad. And it, I... And it really has been ever since I started, like, this work that I'm doing now. And um, another thing, like, that this relates to is I immediately thought of, I'm not online dating, obviously, but I have a lot of friends who are using Tinder and Bumble. And, like, talk about, like, too many connections. You yeah. go in your beehive and there's, like, 50 conversations going. And it's, like, no wonder you're not having a lot of success and things aren't going past, you know, 10 texts between each other. And then it dies because it's, like, it's overload. And that's yeah. not how people used to used to relationships no I totally agree and I think what's hard is that it's almost like because there are success stories for this like for example like I mean we all know somebody who's who's a perfect couple and they met through online dating or for example like you and I you and I yeah like I so I feel for example I feel guilty being like by Instagram when it has given me so much. It's given me some of my closest best friends in my life, but I shouldn't feel indebted to it. You know, like it ga- it helped me with that, but that doesn't mean that's the hard part is people like will go on Instagram and they think that that's their community. That's not the community. Like Instagram is great when it leads to outside relationships. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people who I'm friends with like on Instagram, but like those friendships aren't like at the end of the day, fueling my soul. It's the people who, I connected with and like am talking to outside of the outside of the gram, you know, like that have actually become real friendships that are the ones that are important, you know, but and just because it worked a few times, like, and it worked in the past doesn't mean that I like you keep going in the hopes that it'll happen again. Totally. And you're right. There are definitely some instances where I'm so grateful for it. I think what people just need to start to understand is like, for, for example, like I, you can like literally hashtag yoga and find like a million people who have the same hobby as you. Like that's, it's such a hyper targeted easy way, but you could also go to your local yoga studio and find people like Mm -hmm. that's where it's getting difficult is now people honestly believe that this is like maybe one of the only or best ways when going and just doing the activity that you love works too. Also, I recently saw that Lauren of the Skinny Confidential was speaking at a high school about students who wanted to be influencers. And I was like, I understand college for sure. And I get that. And I really, really love her business advice. But I was just like, holy crap, like high school students, like that's what they're like sitting there trying to figure out what to be like. And from a business side, I think influencers and bloggers are awesome. I think they kill it. I think the ones that have really grown an empire and brand, that's, there's something to be said about that from business. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. But the Mm -hmm. fact that like a 16, 17 year old is like banking on that scares me a little bit. Well, it's also extremely, it's extremely misguided. I mean, this is a whole different topic, but the whole system is totally messed up as we've discussed before. Like the only, it's such, it's not a stable thing to do. And like if Instagram crashes, that's what are you going to do? Yeah, there has to be, and there's no regulation, just this dependency on sponsorships. It just doesn't work. Like, we're going to have to figure out something else with that. But Get creative. Yeah, I mean, moving it back to that, though, like, it's it's a good point. It's like, this is the sad thing. I mean, think about it. We, when we are people, we try to, why are events so freaking hard to put on? Because no one shows up. Because no one (laughs) wants to get off their butt and do something and leave their houses because they can just do it all on their phones and like this is another thing it's like i think about like when our parents were growing up people lived for events or like i think about when i was in middle school what was the best thing ever dances right yeah Yeah. like because that's like when you saw everybody everybody was going to be there like going to fairs and it's like now i'm just like why would i go to something like that like it's not fun or i think about like you know, all these events that are out out in the world that would require people to get out and that's where, that would be your social connection and that's what people would look forward to and they loved events. And now, because we're just on Instagram and social media all day, we feel like we don't need to go to those events. Because why? Because we could get any information we're going to get from that just on the internet without leaving, right? Yeah, or we've just overstimulated ourselves to that point where we're, we'd be too, like, exhausted to have a face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a great point. People did live live for events, and like we did too back in the day. Yeah, and now it's like opposite. Like nobody wants to go. Like it's so hard to get anyone to go to an event, right? Yeah, like because nobody wants to leave. I don't. Ugh. And that's the other thing. It's like everybody is so busy because we're all so connected, and there's five million things to be doing. So then we don't have time. Versus. Like, let's, t- what about the days when, like, you didn't have all that information? So, like, you only found out about one event a month. So, hell yeah, you were going to go to that. Like, there wasn't like a million available in yeah. there. Yeah. That's true, too. It's so true. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's too much for sure. And I think that from the events thing, too, it's like pick and choose. Like, then it, some people even get very, like, you know, go to events because they feel guilty if they don't. And that like to tie into mental health, like you need to wake up each day, kind of evaluate where you are. I feel like it's, I'm always, you know, between one and 10, I vary, you know, and we all do. Sometimes I'm a 10. I'm like, I could do anything. I could go, I could kill any event. Sometimes I'm not. And it's like, but I feel like we all have to show off like the seven to 10 range all the time. And that's where it gets, it's just inauthentic. Yeah. I also want to bring it back to, I want to talk about body image a little bit more because like we mentioned like yoga and I know the other day you were explaining like yoga was the first time you like, like it made you realize what your body could do and you thought about your body in a different way. Like this is my body and it wasn't about like the way it looked, but what it could do. Okay quick break before we get into the next topic but I just want to talk to you guys really quickly about beauty counter if you are a lover of makeup skincare or not but you just want to switch over some of your products to 
non-toxic healthy products then you should definitely check out beauty counter because it is my favorite brand when it comes to personal care items i get all of my makeup and my skincare my body care my hair care from beauty counter and i'm a consultant because i love the company and i love what they stand for because sadly the personal care industry in the united states especially is not regulated and a lot of companies can use a lot of harmful ingredients and pretty much put anything on the label that they want to so it's really important to start using safer products because what we put on our skin gets absorbed into our skin and gets into our bloodstream and it it can cause a lot of long-term health problems if you're not paying attention to the products that you're using and what ingredients are going into your skin. Most people don't realize that a lot of the products they're using have hormone disruptors and endocrine disruptors in them and that long-term those carcinogens can lead to cancer and can lead to other long-term health issues like asthma and infertility amongst many other things. So the FDA sadly lets companies use those chemicals in their products and we put these on our bodies every single day. But Beauty Counter has banned the use of over 1,500 questionable or harmful chemicals through their Never List, which you can find on the website, beautycounter.com. And that is really important to me. If you compare it to the European Union, they've banned over 1,300 chemicals in their personal care products, but the U.S. has only partially banned 30. That's a big difference. So that's why I'm really happy that Beauty Counter stands by their Never List, which again, you can check out on the website. And I feel much better knowing that I'm using safe, non-toxic skincare and hair care and beauty products because I love my products and they're amazing and they work great. And I personally saw the toxin levels in my blood work decrease massively and it helped my hormones so much. I can't even get, I can't even believe it, honestly, the difference in the test results. You have to see it to believe it. But I personally saw it and I just want other people to understand how these products affect their health as well. So if you're interested in checking out Beauty Counter, head to beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice and you can see all the fabulous products. Some of my favorites include the charcoal bar, the charcoal mask, which is the number three mask. I love the brightening oil, the number one oil. I love the repairing hair care, the repairing shampoo and conditioner, the volumizing mascara, the citrus mimosa body wash. I could go on. So again, head to beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice. And if you need help with color matching or product recommendations feel free to email me at addicted to lovely at gmail.com always happy to help out so again beautycounter.com slash christina rice and now let's get back to kate yeah that was um it's so true i definitely felt like i was like on the right path to recovery from my eating disorder like before i started yoga i definitely had through like therapy and treatment done a lot of work around that and I talked it out and I understood like how I kind of got to that place. Like I felt like I did the soul searching to understand like why the eating disorder happened, what I shouldn't do, what's not healthy for me, triggers, et cetera, et cetera. But it wasn't until I started doing yoga that like, and I started like, I always tell people it was a very humble practice. Like I used to just turn on basic beginner YouTube videos and like do it in my bedroom because I a, didn't really have the money for a studio at the time. And I also just like, I just wasn't there yet. I was intimidated by the whole like yoga culture. Um, so it was zero pressure and I would just turn on, you know, nice music that I liked and follow along. And 
it was the first time that I felt my body like do physical functions that it's supposed to like I felt my breath you know like I could feel the way my muscles were being like you know strengthened or stretched like when you you move through a vinyasa or a flow like you can if you're really mindful of it and you're not flowing you know because there's a cute guy next to you or there's you know a camera recording you for an instagram post when you're really just doing it and you're fully in the moment on your mat you can like feel all of it happening within yourself and it was very like holy crap there it is like there's my body and it allowed me to then take that mindfulness that i would create when i was like on the mat doing it to like when i would step in front of the mirror and I could like see my body for what it like truly looked like for once. And it was a huge relief. Like it was it, my body image, like literally what I used to see in the mirror used to be completely reflective of like my mood. So if, you know, I had just had a fight with a friend or someone had put me down at school or whatever, like obviously I felt worse about myself and depending on my mood and what level of anxiety or depression I was on in the spectrum completely dictated my like view of my body. So sometimes I truly within like 48 hours felt like I had blown up like, and I could see a change physical change in my body because in my mind I was so, um, you know, upset or hurt or feeling alone or whatever it was. And it would, and sometimes it would go in the opposite way too. Like sometimes I would feel like I snapped back to reality and felt like I looked very, very thin and it would scare me. And I'd be like, Oh shit, I look, like drawn and exhausted. Um, and that's also weird too, when you don't like, when you go to that side of it and you, you can physically see that your body's kind of like, it's going through a lot and you can see the anxieties wearing on you. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful and true. And it's like, because in that moment you're doing something for you alone and it's not for anybody else. And it doesn't matter what anybody else is thinking, you know, like versus I mean, going back to how you were saying the whole yoga community is intimidating. Why? Because it's turned into, like, this competition, you know? And, like, yogis are expected to have a certain body shape. Yeah. Or, like, be able to physically do things. Yeah. Oh, we can all stand on our heads. No, not necessarily. That does not make you a yogi just Mm -hmm. because you can do that. Like, or or because you can't do that, you're not a yogi. Yeah. It's complete bullshit. And it's, I actually was thinking about writing a post, like a blog post soon. I'm like, I definitely think, believe I'm a yogi. Um, and I, I love like the practice of it, but I, a don't go every single day. I don't obsess over whether I can get to class. So that's one thing. And number two, I don't follow pretty much any like yoga accounts on Instagram, unless it's somebody who like I know, and like, you know, I want to support them and their account, but I don't really like actively follow accounts that are yoga inspiration yeah and I it's funny that you bring this up because I was thinking about that too like there was a time when like like yoga helped me a lot during my recovery as well but I've never been like quote good at yoga I did the same thing I just turned on like yoga Mm -hmm. and what I was doing I didn't even think was yoga because I was like I'm not doing headstands or like these like inversions like I can't do that I never could and then it started turning into like it became something that I really loved to do and then when people would ask me and I would mention it I felt this expectation put on me like they're like oh you do yoga like what kind and I was like I don't even know and then I started feeling like intimidated and then and then I started 
it started playing mind games and that's actually why I stopped because I was like I'm not gonna do this because like whenever it comes up that I do yoga people like say oh let's go to this class it like turns into something that turns it like took it away from me it took away why I loved it and like I didn't know what kind of yoga I was doing and I couldn't do anything like cool like I can't even do a chaturanga barely right like but I I was I wasn't doing yoga for that purpose but then as soon as you tell somebody oh I like to do yoga they push that expectation on you and then in your head well I put that expectation on myself then and I was like Mm -hmm. well then I suck at yoga and like then it took it it took the fun out of it for me yeah I totally get it and I think that's that happened to me before too. Like I I started to tell people I was a yogi and then I was like, Oh, I gotta like actually do it. Like I have to go out and do it. So I started to like really go to the studio a lot and start to let the ego kind of get into it. And I started to like care if like I, you know, could do the certain poses. And then eventually like I, I really broke down and had a really difficult like state of depression for a little while. And I completely stopped. I like gave up yoga for like a long time and I'm just starting to get back to it. But I never felt like I totally lost it because Yoga actually has eight limbs of, it's like the eight limbs of yoga. Like there's only one that's like the physical asana practice. So the rest of it's all like the spiritual and the other sides of it, the breathing, the, all of it. Um, so there's a lot more than just what you physically do or like the flows and, and salutations and all that stuff. And that's where like people get confused, I think. So sucks. Okay. I want to say something that like, I don't know if it's fucked up, whatever. But <laughs> we don't care. Do you do you ever feel like people like how this it's almost like having orthorexia has become glorified on social media? Like, do you ever feel like people like these accounts who all they're talking about is like their body image issues and stuff and like overcoming their eating disorder and stuff? I sometimes think that sometimes they just do that because, like, they don't have anything else to talk about or anything else to offer, and that's, like, an easy thing to just kind of, like, regurgitate. Yeah, I think I think you're definitely on something, and I don't think it's fucked up because I think what, what the answer is is that they don't know. They define themselves by that or they're choosing to define themselves by that so that – yeah, they don't really have, like, another thing to, like, go off of because it's becoming, like, well, this is who I am. And I've been there, too, where it's, like, I was the girl with anorexia slash, you know, I used to have anorexia. Like, that was my title for myself or mm-hmm. I'm the girl that's always in therapy. Like, when do you finally, like, enough is enough? Mm-hmm. You know, when do you just decide for yourself, well, I'm healthy and now I like to talk about things like being an entrepreneur and doing, like, or yoga. And I hope to be a yoga teacher and share it and things like that. And it's, like... No, I agree. I honestly, like, am suspicious of anybody who talks about it too much or talks about it too little. It yeah. goes both ways because I find that, honestly, there are some people who literally, they talk about it nonstop. Like, that's all they talk about and they never have any other topics. And I'm like, okay, this is a signal to me that there's something obviously still going on if you're this hyper-focused on it. Versus, and then there's also people on the other side of the spectrum who, if you, like, they're like, don't bring that up. Like, I don't talk about that any. And I'm just like, okay, well, that's yeah. weird to me too because you don't want to face that that was part of your past. Where it's like, I feel like they're like I know so so many of my for all my friends basically have had a history of an eating disorder, and like I can tell that they're recovered because it's like you talk about it like a normal amount. 
Yeah. Like, when it comes up, it comes up. When it doesn't, we're not bringing it up. Like, yeah. for no reason. Like, you know, I just... This is the other thing I want to ask you. What's your opinion on... If somebody's struggling right now, truly struggling with their body image or... Um, they have a troubled relationship with food, exercise, whatever. What do you think that they should be doing in terms of social media? I mean, ideally, be off of it. Truly. I mean that. And I do think that I have enjoyed meeting people like you who are also in recovery. I, but that's something that has to come a little later. You're not, that's not the priority yet. The priority is thinking about yourself, being selfish, um, selfish in, in the sense of like self care and like go to your family, go to your doctors, go to your, like go to people who like are there for you in a sense that's like beyond Instagram. And that's not to say you won't eventually be ready to go back to like social media and you won't ever make connections with people who can, cause that's very powerful to, to be around someone who's gone through something you've gone through is much, it's much easier to be close to that person. So I get why it's, it's a draw to like, you know, Hey, this is my story. Who else has that story? Let's be friends. You're just not there yet necessarily. If you're really struggling in this moment, I would greatly limit or completely just take a break from social media until you can get to a place where you're able to, I think it, I think where it becomes okay is when you can start to healthy, be healthy and, um, like recognize triggers. If you can recognize triggers for yourself and then act on them in a way that's appropriate, AKA unfollow, um, you know, stop engaging with that account or that topic. Um, then you're in a place where you can probably go on social media and like, and it will be better for you. But if you have no control over your triggers and you allow your triggers to control you, I don't think it's time yet. Yeah. I think that's good. I think, I mean, my opinion, I mean, I would not have recovered if I was on Instagram. Like, I, I, I think that people need to take responsibility. And if you're truly struggling and you truly want to help yourself, I would get off Instagram immediately. Like, I think that different social media platforms have different effects. And, like, Instagram is the one that I would get off of completely. I think that... Go listen to podcasts. That would be my... I think that, want- yeah, listening to podcasts. And this is where the value of a good therapist is just so valuable like so that you can talk to somebody about this topic because I under I I do understand being in a position where you need to talk about it but every nobody in your life is like dealing with this or understands and that's where a good a good therapist or a good health coach like that's what I work like I help people with right yeah somebody who this is that is the space where it's okay to talk about it and focus on it in a healthy way but being on Instagram needs to go and if you need and, and I also understand like how incredible it is to find people who have a similar story to you but to that I would say find one or two blogs that's what I think the beauty of a blog is like written word like a blog that you resonate with and connect with that you can still read and still get that that from you know and that's what you're allowed to go on and read but that to me is very different than going on Instagram looking at photos is not good. Yeah. No, agree. Completely agree. And don't like, you know, like turn to movies or magazines necessarily either. Just find written word. <coughs> and like spe- specific yeah. sites, not Google, not just yeah. general Google, general Google. No, no, 
general Google, general Instagram, things with just like massive swarms of information. You know, you have to kind of like zone in on, okay, I know this blogger and she doesn't trigger me. And I can still get my daily dose of feeling like I'm connected with the outside world by reading what she writes. But, I mean, for me, at the time, I know, like, I was completely off Instagram. I was completely off Facebook. I had a few blogs that I read. That's what I did. And it helped me so much and really transformed my mental health and my body image completely. And, like, you you forget to care about what your body looks like. It's true. And if you're surrounding yourself with like a loving support system, you're fine. I mean, I remember I didn't have Instagram either during the time. And I think you're right. I don't think I would have. And I've never thought about that until you said it. I don't know if I would like be in a recovered state right now. If I had like been doing what I'm doing right now with Instagram or just more active on it. Um, like Instagram existed, but it was like just not really a big deal yet. Like there were still like three filters and it just was like not really worth it. And, um, I just had like, I was also in college. So I was very lucky that like people were around, you know, I had roommates, like my roommates were my source of strength at that time. They were like, you know, I can just be quiet, you know, in the room and they're there and you feel the presence and that's all we needed necessarily. So yeah, I think it's important not to be alone or isolate yourself. But Christina is right. It's, it's not on Instagram that you're going to find it. Do you think it's possible for us to ever get back to like, a simpler time like like I'm just so nostalgic for a time that I didn't even have like a time without the social media I no I'm nostalgic for like how life was like when I was in like fifth and sixth grade where people like had phones like so we could communicate when we needed to but like we hung out in person and like I didn't know what everybody was doing all the time and it wasn't all about pictures like I don't know I think there's something to be said about keeping your your social connections like a smaller number but stronger you know and just like why do we need to be so overstimulated and like I know (sighs) I'm curious how it will like pan out too I think I think there's a couple elements playing in this like one you know back in the day when we were in fifth and sixth grade and our parents were like closer to our age or obviously a little older maybe because we're not quite there yet but um they were just feeling different senses of stressors and like pressure like I remember my mom um being like very, you know, self-conscious because at the time, like in the eighties and nineties, I was born in 92. So like, it was like all low fat diet and like really the fad to be like, to lose weight. And I think like going back to what you said was why are we, we, our age and our group right now still fixated kind of on those five pounds because like we grew up kind of seeing that culture. Like it was all about that, like weight watchers and shit like that. And it's really ingrained in us. So even though we're like talking the talk, you know, on Instagram and saying like, balance, body positivity, body, food freedom. We're not, we're getting there. And I do feel like we're trying, I don't know if we're always going about it in the right way, but it just really shows you that our responsibility for the future is that we start to like implement this now so that it starts to get, you know, not so consuming and not so overwhelming, whether that's about body image and we continue to show, you know, what a true recovered person looks like and be like real about it or even just in like overconsumption of technology in general and like how that affects your mental health. I think it just like scares me. Like I'm like, can you see me? I'm like literally stressed out because I'm like realizing like how fucked we are because literally all this bad information, like when you're bringing up like 
our parents were all into like the Weight Watchers and like the low fat trends and that information proliferated very like that information was everywhere because look at where we are now because everybody's health is destroyed because they were eating a low fat diet for so long and and that information is everywhere and really ingrained in people and that got ingrained with people without the help of the internet yeah and without the help of instagram like like I don't ever see a freaking magazine. Like, back when it was just magazines and newspapers, like, you would have to go out of your way to pick that up, right, and read it. Now it's, like, the information is right in front of your face 24-7. Like, you don't have to go out. So it's, like, almost like you feel like you can't avoid it, you know? Right. So now I'm just, like, shit, if we couldn't avoid it when, like, when we had a better chance. Yeah, when it was just kind of, like, without us even realizing, like, permeating our minds. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's true. And it's, and I understand if someone told me, like, just get off Instagram, obviously I'd look at them like they had five heads too. Like, there's going to be people who don't want to do that because you don't want to be left out and not, like, get the information that everybody else is getting. So, you know, it's really, like, a brave decision. If someone said, if someone was like, listen, it's too much, I'm deleting my Facebook, I'm deactivating my Instagram, Honestly, props to them. I think that they're like a really brave person. And I know that maybe 10, 15 years ago, that would have never been seen as brave, but I do. I think that's like good for you because a lot of people truly like can't, can't stop, can't stop like consuming the information and applying it to their lives and comparing it to themselves. And it's becoming a circle. Well, what I, it's what I've realized is that the people that I meet who are like, so technologically illiterate are the ones who are usually the most stable and the most happy and have the best relationships with themselves and their bodies and food, you know, like, yeah, like my grandpa. No, yeah, just no, no, really, literally like they, they're usually much better off for people who just like, aren't people who just like, aren't interested in social media are usually the people who are like, just so much more stable and like have so much more just like better relationships in real life and like things going on you know yeah they do they usually have more hobbies like that's where I was I was noticing with not just social media but like business in general I was getting way too consumed by like the projects I was working on which you know obviously you're familiar with that I did decide to like enroll in teacher training and invest in myself and get back to my yoga and stuff because like the hobbies that have brought me to all of this and like the reason for starting all this were starting to be left behind and it was like what's the point then yeah it's funny because it's like, I feel like I see everybody complaining, or not complaining, apologizing on social media. Like, sorry guys, I've been MIA, but I've been like so, yeah. I've been so busy with work and school and this and that. And I'm like, stop apologizing. Like, yeah. you should That's- be apologizing to the people in real life who are like, where have you been? And then you apologize and say, I'm so sorry. I've been obsessed with social media. Sorry, I've been on Instagram stories for the past four yeah. I couldn't text you back. Like, <laughs> um, no, it's true. I've seen that a lot recently. I mean, that's again, another thing that I think like we as women do all the time is apologize for what we were doing mm-hmm. constantly. That's a habit I got to get out of. But yeah, I've seen that it's become really popular. Like, Hey guys, sorry, I was on vacation. Needed to unplug. Like, yeah, that's the point of vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say like, Oh, we're, we're fucked. But Sometimes I feel that way and I, I do get nervous for myself included. And it's like, we just have to consistently try to remember like that nothing we see on Instagram is not like somewhat planned. 
you know what I mean? Like nothing's by accident. Um, I'd say like you and your rants on Instagram are very in the moment and real for sure. Yeah. But like, I mean, for the most part, if it's on someone's feed, it, it's there for a purpose. So just yeah. go, go into it, like literally open the app, understanding that like it's changed. It's not what it was when I first started. It's not really about our, our true friends anymore sharing like our experiences. It's about like brand building and, and putting to and community and whatever. Everybody has a different goal, but, um, find the people I would say unfollow people too. Like I notice my, my following getting kind of full and I go in and I like purge them out. I I'm like due for one. I actually thought about that the other day. Yeah. Like, we're all following way too many people. Way too many. Go. It goes back to your statistic. You found out in, in psych, like mm-hmm. probably we only need like 50 connections on there. If yeah. That. I know. Yeah. It's really, and I realized that like I used to, okay. I used to never go on my explore page. Like, didn't even freaking know what it was basically and then I started going on it because everybody else I realized that other people were going on it I was like I want to check out I want to check what's out there and then I noticed that I started to get more and more like weird thoughts like because I was seeing all these different accounts that I never used to look at and then I was like well shit this person's photography is so good like this person's doing this this person's doing that like I started, like, getting more depressed because I was on my fucking Explore page. Yeah. Oh, that's what we didn't even talk about was how, like, depression is, like, really just kind of glazed over, you know, in the social media world because it's, like, we're starting to just believe that, like, like, if I had no, if I had no idea, no recollection of, like, what, what um, depression is, like, if it had never been kind of explained to me by, like, a licensed therapist, I would think that, like, taking a bubble bath and, like, reading a good book and writing my intentions for the month was going to cure my depression. Yeah. Like I would really think that like holding a crystal would clear my depression. Yeah. Literally. No, <laughs> this makes me so upset. Yeah. This was, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause this was like such an important part of our conversation. Like everybody, uh, so many people are depressed and they're literally just glossing over it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is like a serious problem. Like that is a serious mental health. Like, yeah. And that, that could be because their family isn't, like, really open to talking about it, and that's just how it always is. Some people might genuinely not know that this is how they're supposed to feel. Like, I, I've i told you, like, I I mean, obviously, I've discussed, like, suicidal thoughts and really deep things in your previous podcast. But, like, I can honestly say I was, like, almost passively suicidal for many years of my life. And when I say passively, like, no act to do it, no no desire to necessarily do anything. But, like, if it happens, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, it was a very, like... yeah monotone feeling like it was just like completely gray that's the way to to describe how I was feeling was just gray like it wasn't wasn't black it wasn't the darkest it could be but it certainly wasn't a good place and it just was my norm like I was like this is what I'm this is what I always feel like so I guess this is what it's gonna be no and so many people that's I feel like that's how it is I feel like literally so many people are depressed and they just like think that's normal and that's their norm so they just don't even realize it and like literally depressed because of social media and that's why they don't realize that social media is making them depressed yeah it's just it's like a it's a catch-22 and then it's like yeah we also talk too much about like the little like it's great that we have like self-care sunday and all of those things and i mean it when i say i like those things and i believe that we should all do those things for ourselves but you a lot of people need to go a step further and those are the surface level things yeah so when we say like 
you know, what's your advice for people with depression? Like, oh, like, don't be too hard on yourself. Make sure you take care of yourself and like, you know, do a self-care ritual every Sunday. Like if I was, if I was like clinically depressed and I, and someone said that to me, I'd be like, and if it, if, it, if a family member said that to me, I'd be like, fuck off. Yeah, That's exactly. But if an influencer says it to me like, wow, she's able to do it. Why aren't I able to just do that and be able to overcome this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's the same thing with like, like the anxiety as well. Like these people are like, you know, I struggle with anxiety and the way I, I deal, you know, I take my mushroom, my adaptogenic herbs and I sit down and I have a bubble bath and I read at night and I just like, yeah, that's all like, those are all great steps and necessary. Like, I think that, yeah, you should be, okay, not necessary with, like, herbs and stuff, but, like, yeah, yes, no. you should be taking the time to, like, sit down and calm down and, like, do do things to calm yourself down and stuff. But at the end of the day, when you have real anxiety, like, real depression, like, those are just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's, like, okay, got to do that. But, like, real, you need to do real self-work. Like, real deep stuff. Like, not just, like going through the motions, you know, of these surface level things that are pretty to post about on Instagram. Like that's not going to get you, you know? And what's scary is like, it's all a marketing thing. It's the same way that food companies trick you into thinking if you eat this, you'll be healthy and skinny. It's like these, these influencers do things like that to make you think, well, if you buy into this, if you buy into what I'm selling and this is what you do, then you'll heal yourself too. And it gets people caught in this cycle because they keep coming back wanting more because it's not fixing does that make sense yeah no it does it absolutely makes sense like what else what other advice does this person yeah have, this community have they're, yeah absolutely they're gonna like the influencers depend on repeat customers basically you know the same way the food company does <laughs> right same way uh, we, the same way we, the same way we watchers does you know what i'm saying like they yeah. depend on like they're not going to give you the real the real way to heal because then why would you come back? Because then you wouldn't want to be on social media anymore because you're not looking for something to fill a void. You're right. Scary. It is. It's very scary. I don't know how it's going to, like, pan out, but I just know that I feel like... That was another thing that happened to me recently. I don't know if I told you about this, but I, like, tagged... There was, like, someone who... And I'm not going to name, like, who it is, that the account, but um, tagged... She's, like, a very big voice in, like, the body positivity, like, kind of movement on Instagram. And she's very real and raw and extremely vulnerable. And I felt like what she was saying was awesome. And I shared her content via my stories. And I was like, yes, thank you for saying this. Like, I so believe in this. And um, this is me just playing devil's advocate, like, telling this story. But she then put up a post and the caption was like, it was almost immediately, like, the next day after. She, I knew she saw, like, my tag to her in stories. And it was, like, um, the rage I feel when somebody describes himself as a wellness blogger and then has, like, an aspirational feed. Like, a feed that's, like, aspirational. And I was, like, okay. So I got pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was, like, whatever. So I didn't really, like, do anything or say anything. I just, I just unfollowed. I was, like, if you're going to judge me based on my feed because, like, that's the other thing is, but if someone gets to know me, they'll know I'll talk about things that are really, really, really vulnerable and really dark and scary and sad. And you know what else? Like I have worked my ass off to get over those things. So the, the person that I am and what I choose to portray on Instagram is a little lighter and it is a little happier. And it is the things that make me now joyful and feel good. And like, sometimes that is pretty pictures and that's fine. 
because I've had plenty of moments that weren't pretty too, and that doesn't minimize what I've gone through. Mm -hmm. So it just, that pissed me off as well. So it's like, you know, everybody has their level of sharing and what they feel comfortable with. Like you don't necessarily have to show the rolls on your stomach to mean you're a body positive blogger. It's all about what's coming out of your mouth and it's all about how you speak to other women and it's all about how you, you speak to yourself. And it's, it's less about the pictures. And this goes back to essentially what you just said about like written word and what we're doing right now in this recording. It's like, what is the true voice of the person? Screw the acai bowl. Like what are they actually saying? Because Mm -hmm. that's what matters. And I think that's where I felt a little bit judged, very judged. And it was like, you don't even know me. Like if you knew me, I might've gone through things that you can't even relate to. Well, it's just funny. Cause it's like, you've gone through things that people can't even imagine. And you're so open about so much. I mean, anybody, you just have to listen to our podcast episodes. Kate has talked about things that nobody else would be willing to share. Right. And I think that's part of why people have a hard time connecting with people like, us like who we don't have time for small talk really like and we're like not afraid to just like randomly bring up really deep dark emotional shit you know like because we're we're fine with it yeah and yeah exactly and it goes back to like your thing of you know if you're over talking about it maybe there's still an issue like christina and i can text about like the bachelor too like just because what brought us together and what really made us close and have like kind of like a, an intimate friendship, like, like a really like beyond surface level friendship was the, were these things that happened to us. But like, I love to talk to you about bachelor. I love Mm -hmm. to talk to you about stupid shit because Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, we're just all human. Yeah. Yeah. No, like there's just so much, like if, if the only thing we had in common was our eating disorder, we would not be friends. No, that's nothing. It has nothing to do with it. Like, I don't know. It's frustrating. And, like, kind of going back to the Instagram. I mean, I struggle with this, too, though. Like, what you're posting on your feed. Like, this is why this is why I hate Instagram in general. And, like, I tell people. Like, I'm, like, I'm not a food photographer. I'm not, like. I hate posting pictures of myself. So, I stick mainly to food because I would rather stick to food because I hate posting pictures of myself. Because I don't want people looking at me. And, like judging and like looking at like I don't want people connecting like I want you to hear what I have to say and to me it's easier to dissociate from just a picture of a meal than it is from a human like I know I'm I'm a blonde skinny woman white woman okay and like to me it's like I'm not gonna post a picture a pretty picture of me on my feed and then say something about like all these struggles and stuff, like, doing that over and over again, to me, it's, like, it's playing a mind game with somebody, like, it's, it's, it's taking away yeah. from the message. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, hard. it's hard when our face is associated, because then it becomes, like, I don't look like her, I can't identify with her, but in reality, like, we can identify with technically any woman if they've gone through what, or are feeling currently what we're feeling. Also, like, you know, the whole thing of, like, this person struggled more than I have or whatever, it doesn't minimize your struggle. Like mm-hmm. no matter what your struggle looks like, it's, it's worthy and it's, you know, deserves to be heard or, and that's just how it is. I think that's like, cause I struggle with that too. I'm kind of like, who am I to go around and talk about how hard my life's been? Like, again, I'm thin white woman and I like, you know, have a very, I'm very grateful. Yeah. And that's a away from that. But besides all of that and that you know that puts into all the other shit that's messed up with the world right now but 
it doesn't make us ignorant to the other issues that are going on. It just means that we're choosing to voice what we personally can talk about. We've experienced it. That's it. We're not going to say that it's it's better or worse than anyone else's experience. We're just saying this is ours. And I think that's where it gets complicated is everybody starts to have an opinion about your experience and they don't have one. Like, they don't have that right. Yeah. I just think that when the pictures are involved, it, like, it makes it more difficult and that's why I love blogs so much and I love good old-fashioned novels books like without photos and like that's why I kind of get so pissed off that like the world has moved so far away from written word like that and now it's all video like video is the thing you know it's like everybody wants to see each other and like I just I don't think that seeing is always the best because I think that we need to be more in touch with what we're feeling and like thoughts and like to do that it's like that's why I love listening to podcasts and that's why I like reading things without pictures because it's like you're just in the moment in your head and like the external world doesn't matter and what you look like doesn't matter and what somebody else looks like doesn't matter yeah I don't know I just I think podcasts are really I hope to God, that podcasts are like, we were talking about like, what's the future of social media. I hope it continues to evolve the podcast so we can take the visual out of it. I mean, we've talked about how everyone and their mom is starting a podcast, make, like whether that's, you know, for the reason that they really genuinely want to reach an audience about something or they just feel like that's like the next step for, for their success, whatever. That aside, I would love to see it be way less visual and much more like you listen to podcasts because I love, I really enjoy it. I do too. Until now that they're getting oversaturated, like you said. Everyone and their mom wants to start a podcast. Everyone wants to be Christina Rex. Oh my god, not at all. But I don't think people realize that you can't depend on what you look like for a podcast. Uh, you have to have you have to have a purpose for that, for sure. I don't know. I agree. Okay, well, I think that we should wrap it up. I don't, we don't really have a conclusion here. Do you have any concluding thoughts? Um, concluding thoughts are social media is really, really, really hard to decipher. So take it with a grain of salt and do you. Yeah. Always. Do you. Agreed. Just some things to think about. Think about your consumption of media and don't be afraid. Well, it might be scary, but I still suggest, like, trying to disconnect as much as possible and trying to be real, like, do things in real life with people, like, you know, like, there are hormones in our body that's secreted when we are around each other and we have real human connection and we actually touch physical human beings and those are the hormones that make us happy and make us feel social connected and completed and you don't get that burst when it's just over the internet you're getting nothing so we were we were designed as humans to like be around other people and like not to live on screens and that's all i have to say <laughs> and i would lastly say if you are experiencing mental illness or a mental health issue you know don't look to answer for the answers you know get within yourself think about what you need specifically talk to a professional like and i'm talking like for real like if you really truly honestly feel those things and have those thoughts I can't urge you to act on them enough because um, you don't deserve to feel that way and you don't have to feel that way for long if you take the, like, the steps you need to. Agreed. 100%. Okay, well, thank you for joining me. Thank Thanks you for, for this. Yeah. 
Why don't you tell people where they can find you if they want to connect with you? If you want to connect with me, my blog is kaylinit.com. However, I'll be honest, I haven't been blogging as often as I'd like, but that's okay. I will get there again. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm shebekaylinit. And I'm very, very conscious about responding to direct messages that relate to some of the things that we talked about. And I'm always happy to talk about them there. I'm, I, take, I take my time answering them, and I will give you as much as myself as I can. That's very kind of you. Thank you, Kate. And if you haven't bought your tickets to the Good Fest in Los Angeles, definitely go to thegoodfest.com. That will be a great wellness festival in LA in February. So, are you coming, Christina? Just kidding. No, I'm not coming. I'm just promoting it. <laughs> because hashtag sponsored, right? And hashtag no time for events. <laughs> hashtag I wish I was sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> no i just love it i'm a supporter so i will be there we'll meet with you okay cool thanks kate bye yeah. bye okay a lot to think about from that episode i hope you guys liked that discussion found it interesting if you have thoughts comments would love to hear it definitely let us know what you think and how you feel we always are open to discussion join the facebook group join actually adultish podcast nation so we could talk about it in there and i'm excited to hear what you guys think and again make sure you subscribe leave a rating and a review on itunes it helps me out a lot let your friends family everybody know about the podcast if you enjoyed it and be sure to check out kate at kalinit.com and at shebekalinit on instagram she's fab So thanks again to Kate for coming on the show and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye.